This is the Lead to Lead podcast, where we explore the realm of leadership through the lens of faith. Here's your host, Leah Haygood. Hey guys, welcome back to the Lead to Lead podcast. My name is Leah and I am your host. And today I've got a very practical episode for you. Now, I want to give a little context to this. Um, if you've listened to episode three and know a little bit about my story and my heart, um, I have an extensive Celebrate Recovery background. And one of the key uh, tools and um, exercises that we had to go through of stepping into leadership is you have to write your testimony. And so I was like, you know what, that would be a great podcast episode. So today I'm going to teach you how to write your testimony. So in order to get started into this, you have to figure out, okay, what, what is a testimony? All right. So according, I love to look at the dictionary and just see how I I like words and fancy definitions, but I want to give you a clear picture of what a testimony is. So there's a couple different ways of thinking about this. The first one you're thinking about in court, right? So a testimony is a formal written or spoken statement, evidence or proof provided by the existence or appearance of something. So that sounds very legal legalistic but uh, very much in a in a court of law kind of setting um, but in this episode the definition that we're going to use is your life story before Jesus when you met Jesus and now in your walk with Jesus so this is definitely from the construct of a uh, a believing and professing Christian Okay, so here we go. First part of your testimony is you want to talk about your life before you met Jesus, meaning it is before salvation occurred. Okay, and if that's still too big of a phrase, it's um, before you got saved. Okay, and some ways to kind of describe that would be start out with your writing down what your family life was like. Did you grow up in a Christian home? Um, Did you grow up in a crazy environment did you were you raised by your grandparents you know think of any kind of little detail that will help the person that you're sharing your testimony with kind of understand your background right so like for instance my story is is very different from my husband Jake's story okay Uh, next thing is also take time to write down events that stick out to you whether they're good bad or indifferent and um one of the things, like I mentioned, we had to write our testimony because of Celebrate Recovery. And uh, one of the other elements of Celebrate Recovery is called a step study, which basically is a usually about a year-long commitment of an intense look at your life. And it's, it's focused on um, 12-step. It's a 12-step kind of program, but it's Christ-centered, meaning it's biblically, biblically focused. Um, and step four is always the doozy because <laughs> it's um, talking about writing your spiritual inventory. And what a spiritual inventory is, is basically like, you know, in a in a merchandise kind of environment, it, when you're taking inventory, you're seeing what goods you have and what your computer says that you need to have, right? And make sure that, that everything balances out, right? So with a spiritual inventory... Um, the way that you start writing it out is oh, the way I did it was writing down my earliest memory. So for me, I had a memory from elementary school of me being picked on at five years old and how um, that event coupled with several other events as I went throughout my life, it helped me see my tendencies of like, oh my goodness, like, wow, I'm, I'm a people pleaser, which means I'm, I'm codependent. So writing down those events 
help you look like from a broad spectrum of of your life and you can start to see patterns okay so a lot of this information I'm about to give you is from the lens of celebrate recovery so um, take time to write down events and you have to make sure that you balance it with good bad or just significant like it was kind of like oh yeah that was just a thing Um, because if you write down just all the bad things that you did it can get really depressing and really discouraging so you want to balance it out like with a few good things like you remember one summer where you got a job and you made extra money and you were able to buy something or um you made a new friend and now they're your best friend today like you want to make sure that there's an equal balance of good to bad things another aspect that you should um remember is uh, don't use graphic language or descript, uh, descriptions when describing any kind of sensitive topic, especially in regards to if there's an abuse situation, um, if you grew up with some form of trauma or some disability, anything like that, if someone committed suicide. Um, sometimes you going into great detail can it can honestly hinder you. Um, it can cause you to have, you know, whether it's flashbacks or if you've got some post-traumatic stress disorder like reliving it will in great detail can honestly hurt you um on the flip side of that if you're sharing that with somebody and they happen to struggle with the same thing um, it could be what's called a trigger okay a trigger is something that um for instance i'll give you an example let's say you have someone that is a food addict and I just went up and started talking to them and said, oh my goodness, I just had, went to this best restaurant and I, I ate so much. I was so full. They had this huge chocolate cake and it was so good and it was all these things and oh, I just love it. That could be causing that other person to struggle because they're like, oh my gosh, I want that chocolate cake. I want it. And you don't want to do that. You want to be honest, but you don't have to go into just deep details because you want to just focus on the main um, the main point, right? So just kind of keep it where people can understand what you're talking about, but don't go into huge, great detail for your sake and for your listener's sake. Then the second aspect of your testimony is when you met Jesus, meaning what happened around the time that you were either just thinking about going to church or someone invited you, or what does that look like? So describe any prior encounters where Jesus was brought to your attention. Um, so like, did a friend come and talk to you about Jesus or was it a family member? Did you grow up in church and you're like, okay, I I know all this, but you hadn't made a a personal decision yet to, to follow Christ. Um, talk about that, you know, um, and then describe what happened when you accepted Christ, you know, where were you? Were you by yourself on the bathroom floor? Were you with a friend, um, at Starbucks? Were were you in a church service? You know, that that's kind of, that's significant because those, that moment should stick out to you. And the reason why is because that's the moment where you stepped from death into life. And so for your own sake, it's important to remember where you've been, what happened when that changed and now where you're going. So for me, I was saved as a, as at a young age, it was back when we had uh, evening church, evening services. Some churches still do this. Um, I know that the church that I was that I grew up in had uh, evening church for a long time, and then probably about, gosh, maybe 15, 20 years ago, stopped doing it. Um, but I was seven years old, 
and it was at an evening service and um, it was right around the time when uh, Left Behind, the Left Behind movies came out. So I had a, a healthy fear of the rapture. So I know that that was kind of marinating in my brain. Um, but I remember, I remember after watching Left Behind, I'm like, oh my goodness, I don't want to be left behind. And so that kind of planted a seed. Maybe I was, I was probably a little bit more scared, truly. Um, but that was when I, I knew I needed to accept Christ. Um, and I remember it distinctly. And so that's my story, but my husband's story is very different. And he was 18 years old when he got saved. And it's, you know, everybody's story is so different. And that's what makes your story unique. And there's always a lie that Satan loves to play, especially with people who grew up in church that got saved at a young age or like at a vacation Bible school, there's always this lie of saying, oh, well, you know, your story's not dramatic enough, so your testimony's probably not that great. When in reality, it's, it's you know, probably one of the more um, encouraging ones. Because think about it, there are several people that when they tell their story of what they went through, it was a lot of pain and a lot of things that were out of their control and um, had to hit rock bottom in order to realize their need for Jesus versus if you grew up in church, you heard about it all your life and you knew like there are principles that you can live by and, and then you got saved. And so there's something encouraging about someone who, who grew up in church and that is, is seeking to follow the Lord that for someone who got saved out of extreme circumstances, they can know that there is hope for them raising their children in church and that the, they can have just an incredible testimony as well. Okay. So I know that's kind of my scenario as I grew up in church and I didn't have anything super drastic. Um, as far as my family, my, you know, my parents were on staff at church and me, my brother, like we both, he was in the orchestra. I was in the worship band. And so it's, you know, everybody has their own unique story, but don't discount it if it's not like a, a soap opera or if it's not, you know, movie worthy because it's still your story. Just want to make that very clear. And then the third part you want to focus when you write your testimony is your life now in your walk with Jesus. So you can describe like what happened after your conversion. So whether it was a, you were struggling with an addiction before, then you got saved and then you noticed immediately like your desire towards what the thing that you were addicted to is, is waning away and you're like, wow, what is this? Or it could be an adverse effect. It could be, I had this group of friends that I hung out with and then I lost them all after conversion, but then you gained a new family within the church and all this. So it's important to realize those things because that's the ebb and flow of our walk, but it's all for our good. You can compare and contrast it. Like I said, compare and contrast old behaviors to new behaviors. So like whether you started doing things that you were adamant against before, and now you're like, oh, wow, this makes so much more sense that the Lord, he'll do that. When you get in his word, in the Bible and start reading and say, Lord, I, this has been my prayer lately, because I'll be honest with you, praying, uh, not praying, reading my Bible has has been a challenge for me in the past because I'm like, I feel like I'm just reading to be reading. And God just wants you to to just think about his, his word. And so I'll pray beforehand, God, illuminate your word to me. 
make it stand out to where I, I it'd be impossible for me to miss you know what you're trying to tell me and you know that's the power of prayer is if you don't know what to do pray <laughs> if you're afraid you're not gonna get any, get anything out of your study pray you know and and the lord he he will hear that you know if you're asking him lord speak to me lord help me lord i need you he's he's there he's absolutely there and then talk about where you are now in your faith has your knowledge of him increased are you memorizing more scripture? Like, are things coming to mind, like when you're in a situation and you remember, like, I feel scared right now, but I know that God is my refuge and strength and ever present help in time of trouble. Like, do you start just like these things start coming out of your mouth? And that'll happen. The more that you read scripture and the more that you meditate on it and, and memorize it, the Lord will help you bring it to memory when you need it the absolute most. So that's basically the gist of it. You want to focus on your life before Jesus, when you met Jesus, and your life now in your walk with Jesus. And I want to emphasize that it's your life now in your walk with Jesus. You don't ever graduate your salvation on earth. You graduate when you leave this earth. So it is a process. I'm I'm one to jump ahead of the game. And there's a process called sanctification, which is a fancy word basically saying while we're on earth, Christ is constantly trying to make us more holy. So the, the more we abide in him, like according to John 15, if we abide in him, he will abide in us. And that's the idea of sanctification, the process of becoming more sanctified, more holy. And that's the point. And that ties into why you even want to write your testimony, right? I have been in 1 Peter lately, and there's a section in chapter 3, verses 13 and 17. I'm going to read it for you. Who then will harm you if you are devoted to what is good? But even if you should suffer for righteousness, you are blessed. Do not fear what they fear or be intimidated, but in your hearts regard Christ the Lord as holy, ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. Yet do this with gentleness and respect, keeping a clear conscience so that when you are accused, those who disparage your good conduct in Christ will be put to shame. For it is better to suffer for doing good, if that should be God's will, than for doing evil. What's Peter trying to tell us there? Some people, when they share their story, you know, think of like all the believers that are in China or North and South Korea or um, in the Middle East, that being a believer is a life or death situation. I think in America, we're getting a tiny, tiny little taste of what they've been going through for years, you know, with churches being shut down because of COVID. And, and I know in Canada, there's a big deal going on with churches not even being able to meet and all that, you know, we're getting a little, a little taste of that. But Peter's reminding us, you know, if, if, you know, who's going to harm us if we're devoted to doing what's good and what is good? God is good. And our story of how God has changed us through salvation, through faith, not of anything that we could have done, that's what's good. So if you're suffering for telling somebody of what God has done in your life, it is far better than doing evil or failing to do good, 
right? So he's saying, you know, don't fear uh, what they fear or be intimidated, but in your hearts regard Christ as holy. Holy means set apart. Um, and ready at any time to give a defense to anyone who asks you for a reason for the hope that is in you. So if someone's asking you, hey, why are you so like, you know, these times are crazy and chaotic. Why are you so calm? Or why are you trusting in God? Why do you believe in God when all this stuff is going on? If you have your testimony written out, uh, or even if you say it out loud, that's your reason. That's your reason because you understand that he delivered you from a life of, you know, it could be a life of addiction, a life of pain and trauma, or he could have simply delivered you from complacency. He could have delivered you from people pleasing and trying to live up to other people's expectations and and feeling like you're never good enough. That's important to tell people, say, hey, I don't have to focus on all my issues and make that my identity. My identity is in Christ now. And people at first, an unbeliever, they will think you're crazy. You think you are loco en tu cabeza. You know, it's, it's one of those things that the reference is, you know, um, the cross is foolishness to those who are perishing, right? It's important to remember that people are not going to understand, but the more that you have relationship with Christ and then have relationships with people, Christ is going to do a work in you. And as long as you're loving people and not trying to shove anything down someone's throat, but saying, you know, bring it up casually in conversation and then just ask them, like, what's your opinion on this? Or like, what do you think about this? And that right there, if you ask someone what their opinion is, my word, especially on Facebook, they will gladly give you their opinion in like 17 paragraphs. But in person, I think, you know, in the right environment, someone's open to that. Say, hey, what's your opinion on this? And then you go from there. Because usually if you ask someone their opinion, unless they're just very, very arrogant, they will usually ask you, what's your opinion? What do you think about that? And that's when you say, well, you know, I believe that the Bible says, and then you go from there. It may get hostile, but before you go into that, I say, Lord, help me to have my speech seasoned with salt. That's another biblical reference, meaning that it's, it's savory. It can go, it, they can take it. They won't just reject on the spot, right? That's what's important is that you want to know and you want to have it written down of your life before Christ when you met him and now your your life now as you're walking with him because that is the hope people who are not saved who don't believe there is a god won't believe there's a god until they see someone like you and hear the stories of what god has brought you through maybe it's he's brought you through Um, a family member passing away or a cancer diagnosis or trauma, whether it's you were abused as a child. It it could be anything, but God will be glorified and that person may come to know Christ because of your story. You know, there's no reason for you to think that your story's not good enough for someone to be saved. Now you have to remember the, the important thought in this is that you don't do the saving. As someone who's a codependent, I try to fix people, and I've tried to save people, and it doesn't work. It doesn't, because I couldn't save myself, so why would I think that I can save another person, right? 
So you have to be in continual prayer for that person. And it's, it's the weirdest thing. You have to be willing to take, you have to be willing to tell your story and then say, Jesus, take the wheel, (laughs) you know, like Lord, you're in control. I want to be, and be, you know, be obedient, tell your story and then allow the, the Holy Spirit to do a work in that person. It's going to be an incredible experience for you. I know I've had opportunities to to talk to people to share my story. I've shared my story publicly. So there are a lot of people that know. And there's a lot more good that comes out of it in the long run. You know, there's always this thought of like, oh my gosh, like am I tarnishing who I am as a person? If I share some intimate details of my life that may sound embarrassing... And the fact of the matter is no, because you're, you're glorifying God by telling others that he is the reason why you no longer engage in that behavior or why you no longer identify as one of your struggles. Sharing some, you know, if it's taboo in, in our society or uh, in the church, you know, it's still part of your story and there's an act of boldness. It, t- it takes courage to do this, especially when you share it publicly. But I know you can do it. So that's your challenge. Start writing your testimony. Remember, it's your life before you met Jesus, when you met Jesus, and then your life now as you're walking with him. As Christians, we're commanded by Jesus to love God, love our neighbor, and go make disciples, right? So None of these things can happen apart from Jesus. He changes everything, and that's worth talking about. We must be ready to give a defense or a testimony to anyone who asks for a reason of the hope within us, and that reason is Jesus. It's always Jesus. It's never about how good you are or about how regimented you are or how, how much of a teetotaler of everything you are. No, it's about Jesus. So remember that as you're writing the test, as you're writing your own testimony, that it's because of Jesus you are who you are now. Well, I hope that that encourages you to 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 write it down and to maybe even share it with somebody. And that's actually going to fuel my next episode. I for the next episode, episode twenty. Wow, episode twenty. My goodness, y'all. We've been doing this now just right at a year and a half, and we're already at episode 20. I'm really excited about this, that um, the next episode is going to be me sharing my personal testimony, and I'm really excited to share that with you. My goal is to have, um, I'm actually sharing my testimony very soon at my local Celebrate Recovery, and the goal is to record my live testimony. So you'll hear a lot of language as far as um, relating to Celebrate Recovery, meaning that um, they want you to focus on what's a principle, one of the eight principles that stood out to you, or one of the 12 steps, um, how I got involved with CR. So you'll hear uh, some of that language uh, as long as technology works (laughs) and I'm able to record my testimony. you'll hear that version and if something happens then I'll just record it normally and well I'll probably keep it CR focused anyway because I have it typed out it's like a thousand pages long but not really (laughs) so I'm really excited to share that with you next time so stay tuned episode 20 where I get to share my personal testimony 